0: Thursdays, the follow through. The action, is following through. Outcome, exceeding expectations. The attitude, singularity. One of the most insightful shows of our time is Blueprint by Complex. The YouTube-based show features interviews with some of the most prominent business figures in entertainment, like Timberland, Jimmy Yavin, and H.K. Cho. The point of the show is to uncover these artists' recipe for success by examining pivotal moments in their careers. This show is a prime example of the study the process exercise from chapter two. One of my favorite episodes features Scooter Braun, the music mogul who manages Justin Bieber, Ariana Grande, Jay Balvin, and Kanye West. During the interview, Braun lays out his climb to success dating back to his formative middle school basketball career. He spoke about lessons his father, who was also his AAU team's coach, taught him, like accountability and selflessness. He talked about his college years and how becoming a club promoter in Atlanta set him up for a career in music. He even elaborated on how he landed acts like Justin Bieber and Asher Roth. The best part of the interview came at the end, when he was asked, Which part of your personality played the biggest role in your success?" He responded, So like imagine you go to Yankee Stadium, they hand you a bat and a Cy Young Award winner is standing there pitching. They say, if you can hit a home run off this Cy Young Award winner, you win the big prize. But here's the deal, everyone in the world can take as many swings as they want and can get in. Like. As many times as they want Most people aren't going to swing They're going to say There's no way I can hit a home run off a of Cy Young Award winner and They're going to stay home Then people are going to come And take one swing And hear everyone booing them Give everyone else a chance and they're going to put the bat down And they're going to leave Then you're going to have the person that takes 10 swings And the place is going to be booing like crazy Give someone else a chance You bum There's hundreds of people Thousands of people Waiting in line And they're gonna give up and put the bat down Then you get that one person Who literally hears the booze Hears the hate But keeps swinging Keeps swinging and keeps swinging And everyone else is like This is the worst scumbag in the world I hate you Give someone else a chance You're such a jerk And for six hours this goes on and finally, they hit a home run. No one remembers all the nonsense. They say, that guy's stuck in there, and he or she hit a home run. Most people don't want to keep swinging. They just hear all the noise around them and they give up. I think that kind of mentality my parents put in me is, "I want to keep swinging." The most like comment under the video from YouTube user, Arzolova implores the production company to understand what viewers get out of videos like this one, saying, Complex Staff, if you read this comment, this series may not be your most popular one, but it is by far your most important one for the betterment of humanity. I guarantee you this will ignite the fire in a person who is so much deserving of a spark, who never had a solid foundation to start with or lean on. If you haven't already found that fire, I hope you're that person who hears Scooter Braun's story and finds it a deserving spark in your own life. Personally, I have one of those moments watching when you have to just pause the media and sit back for a minute. I love Braun's message for several reasons, but above all was the fact that his story showed the power of choice. The one person that hit the home run wasn't lucky or divine or otherworldly. The person who finally hit the home run just chose not to give up. Following through is one of the hardest choices to make. This is because we've been programmed to think commitment means living with the consequences of being wrong. But there's another side to this coin. What if we're right? We are biologically pre-programmed to highlight the negative of any given situation. This happens because our subconscious mind's highest priority is self-preservation. In the Truman Show, Jim Carrey plays a character whose entire life is a reality show, and the world is obsessed with it. In his literal bubble, Truman lives the old American dream of a steady corporate job, a beautiful spouse, and a supportive community. The world literally watches for 20 plus years as he grows through adolescence into adulthood. The only catch is, Truman has no idea that everyone in his life is an actor. If you don't want the movie to be spoiled, skip the next two paragraphs. Once Truman becomes aware of the repetitive nature of his life, he questions everything and uncovers the truth that his life is a media experiment. The show is made possible by Truman's maze-like town that's separated from the rest of the world by a river. When Truman was a child, he saw his quote-unquote father drown in that river So this phobia keeps him grounded. He eventually decides the only way to truly escape this false reality is to leave the city. He builds up the courage to leave, but the producer tries everything to keep him in the dark and subsequently keep the show going. Truman ultimately decides to face his phobia and almost dies in a storm, the same way his father did. When the storm passes, he finds himself at a staircase that leads out the bubble he's lived his life in. The producer makes one last desperate attempt to convince Truman to stay and for the sake of being safe. He uses lack of knowledge of the outside world to try and scare Truman from following through with his escape plan. Truman hesitates, then turns to the camera and signs off as he always does. In case I don't see you, good morning, good afternoon, and good night. It's followed by a bow right before Truman leaves the bubble. We don't know if Truman goes on to struggle or live a happy life. We don't even know if he survives. All we do know is that he followed through on his plan and there's only a possibility of a future because he did. One has to imagine Truman turned into a worldwide phenomenon because it's how a lot of people feel in their lives, stuck in a mundane routine and chained to a trauma that plays as a leash on our ambitions. But how does so many people in so many different places get infected by the same hope-killing sickness? Imagine a plush, uncompromised lawn between a sidewalk and a house with no sign to keep off of it. One day, someone approaches the house from the sidewalk cuts through the grass. Their footprints damage some of the grass and leave a visible mark. After that, other people walk in the same path and do so until the grass is gone and there is a dirt path in its place. That's how our mind works. The house is our brain, the sidewalk is the outside world, and the dirt path made by habitual behavior is our personality and thoughts. I mention all this to say, whatever you repeatedly do is logged by your brain until it becomes easier to access. That's why reps are so important in sports. Your brain has to repeatedly log the behavior to make it quickly accessible for your body at a moment's notice. It's commonly referred to as muscle memory, but the truth is, this is relevant in almost every facet of our lives. We're creatures of habit, so whatever we repeatedly do, our brains eventually identify as a path to keep taking. Unfortunately, the same part of our brain that creates habits is what's susceptible to addiction. But what if we used it to our advantage? The ability to create new pathways in our brain is widely accepted as a possibility in many scientific fields. It was anchored by the proof of neuroplasticity, or the semi-fluid nature of our brain. At some point, for some odd reason, we accept that our brain locks into a place at a certain age and remains that way until we die. The truth is, our brains are like play-doh and are constantly warping to accentuate the parts we tend to use most often. In short, our brain behaves like the muscles in the rest of our body. So the same way we could curl if we wanted bigger biceps, we have to exercise the ability to follow through for our minds to firmly grasp it. We do this by following through on small things, and eventually, it becomes easier for us to see bigger decisions through. And when I say small, I mean it, because literally any form of following through strengthens our mind. So we don't have to jump head first into making decisions like moving across the country. It could be as small as letting the microwave hit zero, or watching a show until you are completely done instead of binging another one halfway through it, or letting a YouTube video play out all the way. It all helps. Eventually, following through turns into exceeding expectations altogether, like the person that finally gets a hit off the Cy Young Award winner in Scooter Braun's story. The personification of following through was the late great Kobe the Black Mamba Bryant. The Emmy Award winner and five-time NBA champion turned himself into a legend in several fields by adapting mindsets that most people shy away from. In 1996, he declared for the NBA draft instead of choosing to go to college and was written off before he even landed on the team. After winning three rings with the Lakers, he nearly left the team but decided to stick it out and he won two more before retiring with the franchise. His entire career was a series of commitments, but his biggest test was on April 12, 2013. In the final years of his career, Brian suffered several injuries that either sidelined him or drastically cut his minutes in production. Towards the end of an exhausting game against the Golden State Warriors, Brian made a move towards the basket and was fouled. He said he heard a pop and hit the ground after feeling like he had been kicked in the back of his leg. Once he grabbed the bottom of his calf, he knew exactly what just happened. With the torn Achilles, Bryant limped up to the free throw line to finish the play. With tears welling up in his eyes, Bryan took what many thought were his final shots of his career. He made both free throws and walked off the court with no assistance. The prospects of making it back from the Achilles tear is one thing, but to do it at 34 after a 16 year career seemed impossible. Three years later, Brian gave his retirement speech on the same floor after gaining his final accolade as an NBA player. Scoring 60 points that night made him the all-time leader of points scored in the retirement game. Following through, or as many would say, seeing it through, gives us a sense of our singularity in this world. What truly separates winners from losers is the choice to not give up. Many times in life, we think of all the things that could go wrong if we go for it. If we chase our dreams, if we take our shot, we could lose everything. We could fall flat on our faces. We could miss. But I challenge you to ask yourself the same question Uncle Drew asked Dex. What if you don't?